This is a warning to children, animals, and people who draft a quarterback in the first round. The following takes are hot, scorching hot, nuclear hot, deadly hot. Podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter. Gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, 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 lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by the lovely. It was uh, actually just a glitch in my in in, in the uh, the editing. Right. I was gonna. The JJ five thousand is on the fritz. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, because the regular JJ. Uh, passed away at the bachelor party That's right. last weekend That's and right. now he's replaced by a robot so yeah guys denny denny has a miller light in hand right now and we're we because we we as you all know we do this through video now and he grabbed his miller light before we got on air on on air as if this is like a live thing it's a freaking podcast and he grabbed his Miller Lite, and I saw it, and I almost vomited on my computer. That's where right, that's that, where things are at right now. The JJ five thousand was like, oh god, no! And it's oh, it's please. Wednesday. Please I'm like down. four days removed from it. Hey, no, you got to get. I I, uh, I once uh, made terrible decisions at a wedding, and it took me like six days to get over <laughs> right, it. Right there's like I I woke up like on Tuesday. I guess it was yeah, the middle of the night on Tuesday night, in like a pile of sweat. Like I was just like, oh. like it was just it's just that that's where we're at and i got another no. i got another i got another one to go to at least the one this weekend is it's only like an hour away it's in south carolina and it's mm-hmm. and it's like in a in like like it's a southern it's a, it's with it's with friends that are from here and like we're gonna go four-wheeling and stuff and like do like southern things rather than hey we're gonna be in big cities and go to bars and spend lots of money and get really drunk well, I mean, it sounds like you're just going to be bombed on mint juleps instead of <laughs> well, No, I mean, beer. but it's it's a lot easier to – it's going to be more chill. And when it's more chill, you don't have – like I have this one friend who's been the, – the, the, the one that I had two weeks ago was for him. And then the one this past week, he was there also because it's my high school buddies. And he's the guy who always – let's do a shot. <laughs> and, then he just gets, and then he just gets everyone just 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 s face just completely s face it was just just stupid like i uh, and the thing in nashville their shots are a shot and a half they're not a shot oh that's horrible um uh so here, here's what you here's what you do uh first of all you said it's going to be chill right after you said you're going to go off-roading or four-wheeling <laughs> or whatever it is so it's not going to be chill i don't know what you're talking about um, oh, uh, but here's what you do. Uh, if you can drink like, you know, like club soda or something, but pretend there's stuff in it, pretend there's like vodka in it. And then, but you have to act drunk. You have to be like, I, bro, I, I love you. I, 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 I'm, I can't do it as a man. <laughs> I just can't. I can. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> Actually, I probably will do it if I'm, be- I, I, I'll bring, I'll bring solo cups and, and I'll do, oh, that's, you know I love magic, right? 
I do. And I, I wish do. I had the sponge balls and I could show you the tricks. But uh JJ's showing me his sponge balls on the on the live feed here. <laughs> um I could I could learn a trick of I used to do this one trick when I was growing up where you would ha- put we, you would put water in a cup in like a mug and then you'd turn over the mug and an ice cube would come out mm. because you had a sponge at the bottom of the mug and no one knew that there was a sponge in there. You just blew you just blew the the whole trick. Yeah, but it's like a toddler trick. I'm surprised that instantly you weren't like, oh, that's exactly how you do it. I thought that was real. Hey, by the way, you know what I have just coincidentally right by me? A magic I wand. Have a, a, magic I have a magic wand that my son left here. So I'm going to wave this wand <laughs> and, and make your fuzzy balls or whatever just... <laughs> go away. This is quite the intro to the podcast. Uh, so yeah, no, I like it, it'd be cool if I could like learn how to how to not how to fake pour beer into a cup, but it be water, mm-hmm. like like pour it behind the solo cup, and then yes. and then people be like, "Why is your crotch all wet?" And I'm like, I, "I'm so drunk. I'm just I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm just so hammered. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, uh, number three this weekend, and then it's done. But then next weekend is my my home league draft, and like. Get with people in town here. They get together, and my brother's gonna come down from Raleigh, where he lives, and like that's gonna have that's one of that's not two nights, which was what most bachelor parties are. They're two night affairs. This is a, it, still one night where I'm gonna I'm gonna bid Amir Abdullah up to forty three dollars. Right, everything. you're gonna yeah, uh, you're gonna have Gio Bernard go for more than uh, girly. <laughs> right, uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty pumped for this podcast though, Denny, because it's uh it's one that we do every year. And last year, it's one that we did, I would say, to as close of perfection as you can get. It was pretty good. Like like if you look at if you like if you look at other shows or articles that do this type of thing, which by the way is it's a hot takes podcast. It's our bold predictions podcast, right? Let me let me tell you what happened last season on this podcast. Okay, there were we we each gave three, which we're gonna each give three again this this show. This is one of our most popular ones last year. All right, these were the six. Denny said Eli would be better than Peyton Manning, which at the time was was a big deal. I was sweating that. I was sweating that because I mean that was inconceivable headed into the season, really. But right. You and you have a thing for Eli, always. I do, I, and I thought that he could be a top five guy. I think he was QB seven. Yeah, uh, and then you also said that Andre Johnson would not finish as a top thirty wide receiver, which again was insane because Andre Johnson in Indianapolis, his ADP was rising. He was like wide receiver fifteen. So mm-hmm. to say that is is something, something big. And and then yep. and then the last one, of course, panned out. Where you said Jordan Cameron would finish as a top three tight end. And I think we all remember his elite production <laughs> as a Dolphin. I, you know. So you went three for three. No, so, I did. Look, look, I did look given what you said, two for three is very, very good. Uh, the three that I said, just to be fair, the first, the, the, one of them was that Ben Roethlisberger wouldn't finish as a top 10 quarterback. He finishes QB 20 because he didn't perform as well slash he got hurt. Alshon Jeffrey, I said, would finish as a top three wide receiver, which was not correct. He did have like a four-week stretch, though, where he was really – remember that? Like mm-hmm. he was like elite. And then my favorite one, just because it was very correct, was David Johnson outscoring Andre Ellington. Yes. That's 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 which, the go-to. 
I mean, there was that that was basically banking on the Cardinals finally making the right call and going with their best running back. But, you know, heading into the season, people were taking Ellington as a guy who was going to see starters carries. Yeah. Yeah, I, I listen back and look, okay, what we do in terms of fan, with fantasy football analysis, like we miss a lot of shit, right? We get a lot of stuff wrong all the time. Uh, but I listen, I, I, I very rarely do I feel like I, I nail, well, not very rarely, but it's hard to like sometimes in ambiguous situations to like nail the situation perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I listened to that podcast earlier today because I wanted to remind myself of what our uh, our picks were. And the Andre John or the Andre Ellington David Johnson one, I actually said on that show that they signed Chris Johnson and everyone. Do you remember when they signed Chris Johnson last year and mm-hmm. everyone's like, "Oh, David, the, you know, depth signing. David Johnson screwed. Andre Ellington's clearly the RB one." But on the show, we both of us talked about how Chris Johnson was was the reason they got him was to be like people who liked Andre Ellington should feel threatened. And lo and behold, that's essentially what, what went down. So obviously then David Johnson became a thing second half of the season, a a very monstrous thing uh, and became a top 10 running back. But I mean, it it was, it was a situation where I feel very good about the read. Unfortunately, I wasn't, you know, the, the Alshon Jeffrey one didn't look work out. The Jordan Cameron one didn't work out, but to get four of six and to nail them, I yeah, mean, I mean, I would take half uh, every every year if we could uh, if yeah. we just sign up for for, for nailing half. I mean, yeah. you could you could make the argument that you're only going to get half like real takes, right? Right, <laughs> much less hot, hot, hot takes. Yeah. So, like, guys, this is we're like really good at this, Denny. I, I think it, I think the the trick is deciding what is like at the very edge of a, a reasonable range of outcomes. Right. You know, right. and, and, and so, you know, but you have to have some reasoning behind it. Otherwise it's just like spouting off, but I mean, we, and we are going to give our reasoning. And, and I think the last year we kind of spelled out the reasoning for each of um, each of those uh, super hot takes and, and, you know, worked out. Yeah. I'm totally just kidding about all the gloating with us being really good at this, by the way, just so that's clear. I don't, I don't I'm, look, I don't want emails like I got after the Fox news take that I had a year ago. Oh man, I forgot you got emails over that. Jeez, I did, I did. Ridiculous. The less, the less political of the two got the email. I, I know, yeah, yeah. You're, you're the one <laughs> who gives the scorching hot political take. Yeah, <laughs> of course. All right. Well, before we get into the the hot takes, uh, Denny, do you want to talk about our sponsor of this segment of the podcast? I do. It's uh, ApexFantasyLeagues.com. Uh, if you follow them on Twitter, you'll see that. Um, they have a, a lot of leagues available uh, right now, this week, and going into next week as the season approaches. Uh, varying levels of um, you know entry fees uh, for you know for people who are looking to get in for a little bit of money, or people who are willing to um, put up a little more money. They they uh, have a very you know flexible range there. Uh, we've talked a lot about on this show why we like uh, Apex Fantasy, uh, including uh, the uh, uh, double the two games per week. Uh, where you know it, it makes sure that it rewards the system rewards teams that consistently score a lot of fantasy points and that's you know obviously what we're looking for so check them out apexfantasyleagues.com all right denny give us your first hot take of the episode let's hear it i will and you know i'm gonna say that this is hot but it's not scorching latavius murray 
as a top five running back at the end of the season. <laughs> Flames everywhere. Flames. I'm dead. Uh, so he was top 10 last year in PPR. Yeah, but okay. okay. But before we say that, look, the running back position was an absolute disaster last year. Uh, points were lower. It was easier for guys to not perform that well and be top 10. But Latavius Murray did perform well the first half of the season. But but continue on. I just wanted to throw that out there. So, like, don't I, I think this is a hotter take than what you're giving it credit for because of how he finished last year. Yeah, I mean, part of me wanted to go with and – you know, excuse me for a second while I get super, super hot takey for a second. I wanted to go with Latavius Murray as the RB one, but I did. I refrained. Holy I refrained. God, Denny. Good Lord. <laughs> I'd have to I'm shut. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of shutting my laptop right now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I understand. Uh, so top five. So I looked at his, um, his splits in Oakland wins and losses last year. Um, in wins, as you would expect, he scored more 14.7 points. In losses, though, he scored 11.6, which is not uh, horrendous. That uh, that's a uh, RB14 pace that 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 loss split. So RB14 pace, his win split, uh, his his win uh, average was an RB5 pace. Mm-hmm. Um, you've talked a lot, and 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 you wrote a really good piece for Numberfire a while back uh, about the fact that Latavius Murray might not be good, mm-hmm. but who cares? Yeah. Correct. Which he was really super like, inefficient last year. Right. I mean, but this this is like the, I I I like that this theme runs through our show. Yes. That it's it's just saying we're not saying you know this guy pops out on film. We're just saying, you know, he has massive opportunity and opportunity is okay to chase right. in fantasy football. So I'm just going to go run down a couple numbers here. Um, he saw 72 percent of Oakland's carries last year, which is mm-hmm. just a crazy high number. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, he saw 84% of the team carries inside the 10 yard line and 80% inside the five yard line. Um, and when you, when you, when you look at his total rushing production, um, you know, he was sixth in the NFL last year in rushing yards. So when I don't think we're talking about, you know, some enormous hard to imagine leap here for him to, you know, be a top four, a top three, maybe even better as far as total rushing yards at the end of the season. Uh, so, you know, with, with running back being a disaster and, you know, for the, for the most part, I just think that he stands out as someone who is going to get that workload. A lot, a lot of talk, you know, about Deandre Washington uh, uh, was circulating about a month ago. Yeah. I, in preparation for the super hot take, I did a lot of Googling of Deandre Washington and of, I found a lot of film watching. A lot of I right. I watched his high school film, grinded, and let me tell you, I'm gonna some, break. Yeah, I grinded some middle school film. Okay. Right. The hip, the hip swivel was was excellent. Right. Um, you know, so the, the same thing I kept I kept reading over and over about Washington and training camp was this: he struggles with pass protection, and I think we all know what happens to rookie running backs who struggle to keep the quarterback upright and alive. Mm-hmm. Right. So they don't get playing time. Uh, so I think that Murray is a very safe guy. Yeah, and that, that's the other thing, too, is if there's anything that DeAndre Washington, where he would dig into Latavius Murray's workload, it would be as the receiving back on that team because Latavius Murray hasn't been much of a pass catcher in the past. You know, I don't, I don't think Latavius Murray is going to, like, light the world on fire through the air, but I do think that uh, – I've I've warmed up to Latavius Murray more and more over the last couple of weeks. I mean, I own a I I've, I for some reason always end up with him in MFL tens. I've warmed up mm. to him more though because I started to to make myself believe DeAndre Washington was going to be more than what he might be. 
Um, okay. But if you look at every move that the, the I say this all the time that the Raiders made this offseason, it points to them wanting to be able to run the football well. They they added their defense. Their defense should be top top half at least this season. Uh, and the 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 offensive line is is much improved. I mean, those are two things where you're going to have a lot more positive game scripts. You're going to be running the football more. I think Latavius Murray makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say that he's going to be a what top five guy just because that's mm-hmm. that's hot. That's a hot that's take. It. I would be. I I look. I think I think he's safely top fifteen right now. Okay. But that's but that's not that's not a bold take. That's not that's just it, right? That's the realist take. So yeah. So but I I totally get the the upside appeal to him, especially if he can see a little bit more work in the receiving game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just real quick, uh, I wouldn't be now. He's not going to finish as the RB one because he lacks that receiving upside. But I mean, for him to be top three in rushing yards, I I don't think is out of the question at all. And and his ADP is really reasonable. Yeah. Oh, totally reasonable. That's 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 really why. I mean, he falls to the fifth and sometimes sixth in MFL tens, and it's just I don't I don't get that at all. Um, More so fifth, but all right. I'll hit you with one. Yeah, let's go. This isn't this isn't super hot, but it's something. I think Dante Moncrief catches more passes this year than T.Y. Hilton does. I mean, let me just put it this way. You said it's not super hot. I now do not have eyelashes because Woo. they've been singed off. Woo. So Woo. that's that's pretty hot. Um, I mean, it really comes down to the simple fact that when Andrew Luck played last year in the seven-game splits that we have, Dante mm-hmm. Moncrief scored – let me just throw out some Moncrief versus Hilton stuff, which is why I love Moncrief so much this year. Moncrief scored 97.1 PPR points versus Hilton's 103.8. So it was only a six-point difference in terms of, of their performance over seven games. So it's like less than a point a game. Um, but Moncrief did score two more touchdowns that, that helped his numbers. Um, but given that he's less of a deep threat in the offense, um, he, he actually finished with one more reception than T.Y. Hilton had over the stretch with Andrew Luck last year. Uh, I think a lot of this take... Look, this is a this is a, a much more. I, I think this is like a, a pull, you know, like like look under the covers kind of take and see that it's a lot more logical than it initially appears. Just because of mm-hmm. when you think of the way that Dante Moncrief will will work in this offense versus the way T. Y. Hilton does. T. Y. Hilton sees a lot less uh, high percentage throws to him, more of that deep threat, uh, mm-hmm. and that that's really why he's you know he's not going to get ninety catches in a season. I'm not saying Moncrief will, but I think that because of that, Moncrief could just end up seeing more receptions than what T.Y. Hilton sees this year. So they're both healthy. Hopefully they both are. I do think Moncrief – I mean, we both – I think we both think Moncrief's the better value right now in fantasy, um, just given where he's going. But I think given the splits with Andrew Luck, wouldn't surprise me at all. And, and the way – the style of these guys uh, play, wouldn't surprise me at all if Moncrief is, is a higher – has a higher reception total at the end of the season. So what would that mean in PPR for how they how they finish? You like you like Hilton to still outscore him? I like Hilton to outscore him still just because it's a safer play. Um, but I I like Moncrief's value much much more than I like Ty Hilton's. I mean in in our Apex League in our Expert League, Ty Hilton went like in the early second round. I think Sigmund Bloom got him just because he knew he wasn't going to make it to the to the late third, and he really likes Ty Hilton. I got Dante Moncrief in the middle of the third round. Um, mm-hmm. Usually in in cat, you know home leagues, T.Y. Hilton will go in the third, Moncrief in the fifth. And I just think that like, if, if you're in a home league and Dante Moncrief is staring you in the fifth round, 
get him. Get him. Like that is such absurd value. Get him. Like I, I think that he's. I, I think that he's a a very 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 strong candidate of of the guys that aren't being drafted as wide receiver ones to finish as a wide receiver one this year. I did just just uh, for you know point of reference uh, for different kinds of leagues. I did a draft day consultants draft uh for someone the other day uh in which i got moncrief in the seventh yeah that's so that's 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 stupid like it's stupid it's it should not happen um i'm 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 really excited about look i'm i'm really excited about the colts offense because i think the way that they're priced i mean we're the first to admit it that that we we think andrew luck is a better fantasy quarterback than he is real quarterback oh yeah i mean like it's 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 the opposite almost the opposite of what people kind of like initially think about Andrew Luck and if you look at the way the Colts players are cost like what they cost right now in fantasy they're all depreciated and this is this doesn't really happen anymore in fantasy football just because there's so much information available and stuff but the Colts offense is kind of depreciated based on what happened last season with Andrew Luck's start and then them having Matt Hasselbeck under center and you Mm -hmm. have like Frank Gore as like a mid-round pick and you have like even Andrew Luck is going later at times, or or a T.Y. Hilton who should be a mid second round pick probably going in the mid third, and a guy like Moncrief who should be a fourth round pick going in the fifth and sometimes the sixth, and then Dwayne Allen who we love going in the tenth and the eleventh. I mean, I think the whole offense is is very cost efficient right now, and when you're drafting. Yeah, I mean, you get the uh, the oh my god, is Luck going to be injured again? Discount. Right, exactly, exactly. And you get Philip Dorsett, who's another phenomenal late round target this season in the in the twelfth. I mean, it's it's just it, like it's crazy. Uh, who's Luck's backup? Is it uh, Tolzine? Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah, so so, so hopefully so ha- the better handcuff him. I was going to say, hopefully the better quarterback <laughs> will get a chance eventually. But oh, here we oh, go. Here no. we go. Oh, sweet All lord! Right, save yourself with a hot take. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and give a very reasonable take to counter that horrible, <laughs> yeah. horrible take. Um, <laughs> all right, so I, I know people who are on this player probably will will not perceive this as a very hot take, maybe even a tepid take. But according to the fantasy football marketplace, saying that Devin Funchess will finish the season as a top twenty wide receiver. It's pretty damn hot. That's hot. That's hot. Okay. That's very hot. I'm, you know, I know for a fact I'm going to get 10 tweets tomorrow saying, uh, you know, Funches as a top five would have been hot. Well, yes, that would have been scorching and ridiculous, honestly. Right. But the, you know, so I'm, I'm going top 20. He's going at, at uh, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, he's going at um, wide receiver 56 right now. Okay. So, you know, we're talking way, way down in the draft, 12th, 13th round. And, you know, reading, you know, reading between the lines or just reading outright what people are saying, beat writers for Carolina and, and coaches. And I think Cam Newton actually said this the other day that there's no reason that Funches can't outproduce Kelvin Benjamin. Mm-hmm. So I think that the assumption that Funches is the, num- the number two, unquestioned number two guy there is a little off base and I'm willing, I'm more than willing to, to give it a go and the 12th and 13th round just to see if that's right. You know, so you would, you'll, you would definitely, so let's pretend that this hot take didn't exist and let's create a new hot take or just a take Devin Funches outscores Kelvin Benjamin this year. 
Yeah, I don't think that that's uh, I don't think that's a ridiculous statement at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I trust uh, me. I think Kelvin Benjamin's the most overrated player in fantasy right now. I mean, like yeah. easily. It's not even close. It's 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 ridiculous. I just I just don't I run a lot of uh, numbers with the equity score stuff I do for the fakefootball.com and everything. And I just can't come up with with a scenario where Kelvin Benjamin is getting the 140 Five, some yeah, odd tar yeah, yeah. targets that he got in 2014. I just don't know uh, if I could just talk numbers for one second, because you know what? I did a lot of research here. I'd like to yeah, let's hear share, it. share it with the people. <laughs> so Cam Newton's uh, adjusted yards per attempt uh, to Calvin, Calvin Benjamin is 6.3. Okay. That's below his uh, AYA to Mike Tolbert. Okay. The whole human bowling ball. Uh, and, and now there's a big difference between targets here. Sample size. I get it. I get it. But his uh, cams adjusted yards per attempt to Funches is 8.5, which is above Greg Olson um, as a rookie. Uh, he saw 30 Funches saw 31. I'm sorry. He caught 31 balls for five touchdowns, which is a 16.2% uh, rate touchdown rate. And Kelvin during his rookie year caught nine touchdowns on 73 catches, which is a 12% rate. So, you know, 12% is not hateful, mm -hmm. but it's not 16%. Funches really profiles as a dominant uh, uh, red zone option. And we saw that last week in preseason, I guess against the, uh, Ravens where he just he just goes and boxes out some guy who's seven inches shorter than him mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. uh I just I really like his upside and his, the price is so right I I just I I love I love his his potential in that offense yeah yeah and and I've been I I have this just in the back of my head all the time now because I live in Charlotte and people get mad at me all the time when I say that Calvin Benjamin's so overrated but look guys Calvin Benjamin his rookie year saw 145 targets and a lot of it had to do with the fact that his competition was Jason Avant and Jericho Cotri. Mm -hmm. Both wide receivers that are going to com be competing for targets against him this season are better than both of those wide receivers. What, whether, whatever you think about Ted Ginn, I don't, I don't, I don't look fine. He drops passes fine. He's not that good. He all, he, he's, he is better than what they had with Jason Avant and Jericho Cotri. And then you add in Devin Funches. There's not a chance in hell. Kelvin Benjamin sees 25 plus percent target market share that he did his rookie season and not only that Denny but that rookie season Carolina threw the ball more than any other year since 2001 which means high target market share high volume means more volume for Calvin Benjamin if Devin Funches can hit basically the thing with Devin Funches and I think you nailed it is that of course he needs he needs probably nine or ten touchdowns to get to that point because I don't know if like the yardage will be there per se but that is he's capable clearly capable like he's he's the, the the thing that look i mean everyone said devin funches is kelvin benjamin when he was drafted do you remember that they're like why did they draft another kelvin benjamin yeah. well also you have to remember that kelvin benjamin is 24 years old his rookie year devin funches was 21 i believe and yes. and now you're 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 going to see an actual career trajectory with a guy like funches whereas we might have seen and and people are going to think this is hot and stupid, but people are going to see that we might have seen what Kelvin Benjamin is already. Like it's, it's very, very possible. It has nothing to do with his injury it has to do with research that has gone on about receivers and age when they enter the NFL. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, if your draft is this weekend, get Funches because I have a terrible 
terrible feeling that he's going to rise in price over the last couple weeks of August as, as we see what he can do in that offense. Yeah. All right. My next one is actually a repeat of last year, Denny. All right. Uh, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is going to be a top 10 quarterback. Uh, I, I, I mean, sure. I'll say top 12 instead of top 10. I just, I, I don't think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he is vastly, vastly overvalued. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I did draft him in the apex league, but it was only because that league is like ridiculous the way that it's crazy. Yeah. I got him in like the middle of the 12th round, but he's going yeah. in like the fifth and sixth round in, in casual leagues, which is absolutely insane. He's going around the same time that drew Brees gets drafted when Brees, like think of it this way in 12 NFL seasons, Roethlisberger's thrown for 30 or more touchdowns in a single season twice. Okay. Brees in 15 seasons has done that eight times. And meanwhile, people were okay with drafting Ben Roethlisberger ahead of Drew Brees. Um, I think the big thing with Ben, I think he's fine. Like, he's going to have a fine year. Uh, but you obviously, you know, he, sure, he has top five upside, I guess. I, I don't think he has top one upside, which is why, you know, at his ADP of the fifth or sixth round, it doesn't make any sense to draft him there. Whereas if you can get him late, as late as I did, for instance, sure, he has top five upside, but the the – what, what you're expecting from them at that draft position changes drastically. But the thing with Ben, and the reason I'm saying this, is his splits with and without Martavis Bryant over the last two seasons. With Martavis Bryant, Ben averages 2.11 touchdowns, 336 yards, and almost 20 fantasy points per game with Martavis Bryant. Without Martavis Bryant, touchdowns go from 2.11 to 1.33. Yards go from 336 to 280. And fantasy points go from 19.79 to 15.38. And that, that 15.38 number, Denny, is, is, is worse than what we streamed last year. So mm. Ben Roethlisberger, without Martavis Bryant over the last two seasons, has basically been worse than our streamers. And that's why he's not going to be a top 10 quarterback this year. Isn't that, you know, look at when you lose your best receiver. Oh, God. This is just what happens. I it, it's, it shouldn't come as a shock. But seriously, that is a huge knock on him. I think that if you're drafting him at his ADP right now and just saying like Darius Hayward Bay or Sammy Coates, they're there, so everything will be fine. I think they you're missing something there. I mean, Martavis Bryant is is a freak. Look, the Steelers offense is just overrated in general. Like, let's be honest. Like it's it's a very fun offense and it's a good offense. It's 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 fringed. I mean, all healthy. It's insane with with Martavis with Le'Veon. It's an insane yeah. offense. But in yes. Ladarius, if he were to not retire, like oh, no. like it, it's a very good offense. But I was actually looking at uh, t- total touchdowns scored by offenses over the last five years because I was trying to show how the the Panthers' uh, offense was going to regress this year. So basically, I looked at every offense that scored fifty or more touchdowns. There were twelve of them over the last five years or 15 of them, but of the 12 that have next season data, only one of them that scored 50 touchdowns scored more touchdowns the next year. This is really irrelevant to what I'm talking about, but it's still interesting. They also <laughs> lost their over 13 touchdowns from one year to the next after scoring 50 or more touchdowns. And then while I was doing that research, I saw that the Steelers over the last five years haven't scored more than 43 touchdowns in a single season, which is kind <laughs> of shocking because I mean, put it in context, Carolina had 54 last year, right? That's 11 mm-hmm. more than what the Steelers have had at their peak 
over the last five years. Like, I just think that the Steelers are a very, it's, it's a, it's a dreamy, it's a, it's, it's an, it's an offense that's not real or it, it hasn't come to fruition and I'm not sure it's ever going to come to fruition. Yeah. I, I mean, with, with all those guys that you mentioned, Le'Veon, Martavis, uh, Ladarius Green, obviously Antonio Bryant, you have a, like a fantasy miracle, really. I, I mean, you, you could draft all of those guys and, and do quite well, I think. Yeah. On the same on the same team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And but but yeah, but you don't have that coming into the season. And no matter I know people are out there saying D'Angelo Williams is the truth and he did great last year and he did. He did. Yeah. But let's get I don't know. Let's just get real. I think I think Roth I think you're right in saying that I would not draft Roethlisberger as a as an every week unquestioned starter. Yeah. At his ADP, at least, or even close to his ADP. I mean, to be honest, even in the Apex League, I just drafted him. I mean, like he, I, I, I like he'll be fine at the start of the year, and I like to have like fine to start the year until we learn a little bit more about what's going on. And mm-hmm. it was just because there was jack shit left in the draft, but yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, I know <laughs> there was literally nothing. Uh, but yeah, I, I, that, that's that's kind of also you you slipped and you said Antonio Bryant. Because you because you're clearly thinking, think, I'm only bringing this up because you know that six people after the podcast are going to hit us up on Twitter about this. But, but actually, Antonio <laughs> yeah. Bryant doesn't play for the Steelers. Yeah. But I was just assuming that you were talking about what you believe is who you believe is the good wide out in the Steelers, and it just kind of slipped. I do. I can't. It's just it's just in my head. Yeah. All right, Denny, give us your last hot take. Well, look at. I saved this one for last for a reason. Because I'm gonna have to retire after this, this so is, this it was is, good. It was a good run, this JJ. Is, this is one. Run. This is one where I'm gonna. I, I have a giant jug of water next to me, ready to put out the fire. Right, right. Well, or just dump on your computer. So this <laughs> podcast is deleted. I think that would probably be a better use Control. for it. And you and you know, I we JJ and I talked, you know, for a while about these these takes, and and right. Listen, rightfully so. When I was talking about this particular take, I could sense JJ was like, eh, "Maybe you want to, eh, maybe you want to back is, off on that this, a little bit." Look, do- look, Denny, Denny, this is this is this is Jordan Cameron 2015 Part Two right here. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. I'm going with Jared Cook as a top seven, seven. top seven fantasy tight <laughs> top seven. I can't. I, I'm not. Look at top ten. I'm not doing it. I'm doing top seven because that's as far as I can push him in the Rotoviz projection machine app. <laughs> oh my God. That's as far as I can push it reasonably, but it's reasonable. Look at look. First of all, I want to. I want to dispatch with this. Wait, what did what did uh Rubio say? Marco Rubio. He went when he had that. Dis- well, when he had that disastrous um uh speech or not speech uh, the debate where Chris Christie like owned him and he kept saying, let's dispatch with this notion. Let's dispense with this notion <laughs> yeah, I can't remember I, what over and over like a robot, like the JJ 5,000, <laughs> um, which will definitely be a Twitter account by the way. Yes, um, it should be. But okay. So let's, let's d- dispatch with this notion that Richard Rogers is the starter and will be the starter and we'll get the playing time over Jared cook this season. First of all, the Packers don't make free agent signings for no reason, okay? They're not willy-nilly. They're not the Cowboys. They're not Washington. They don't make stupid signings and then, you know, live to regret it. 
they signed Cook to fill a very specific need, and that was to get some sort of vertical threat down the middle of the field, which they didn't have last year. They couldn't even pick up a first down without Jordy Nelson in the lineup. So, uh, first of all, Richard Rodgers, his uh, adjusted yards per attempt with Aaron Rodgers, I should flip that around. Aaron Rodgers, AYA, to Richard Rodgers, 8.1, okay? Jared Cook has a better AYA with not only Matt Hasselbeck, but also Kellen Clemens, okay? Uh, Jared Cook's AYA is... 7.8 with Sam Bradford. Um, so we're talking about uh, Richard Rogers, who is terrible. He was tight end 11 last year in an offense with Aaron Rodgers, in which he was the unquestioned starter. Okay. He's not good. Uh, Jared cook excels in the part of the field that, that they, that they, that they need to do to do better in. And I had the numbers here and I can't find, Oh, here we go. Here we go. I got him. I got him. I got him. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, Jared Cook on passes of more than 15 yards to the left side of the field, 14.4 AYA, passes of more than 15 yards to the middle of the field, 16.7 AYA. Jermichael Finley had similar numbers when he was with the Packers, and I know that Finley ended up as you know this fantasy pariah who disappointed year after year, but there was a point where he was a central cog in that Green Bay offense. I know you remember that. Of course, yeah. Uh, and if you average out Finley's uh, time with the Packers, his per-game production with the Packers, and this is excluding his rookie season in which he really didn't play uh, much at all. Uh, so if you exclude his rookie season and you just include everything else until his career ended on a, in a horrific um, concussion – uh, he averaged uh, 3.9 catches, 48.5 yards, and 0.35 touchdowns per game. That comes out to 11 fantasy points per game, which over the course of a season would be good last year for tight end eight. Woo. So Man, I Denny's believe... Like, Denny's like killing this, guys. Look, I, I, I did my homework, and this is... I truly, truly believe that that, that Jared Cook... not just Why don't you I, go with tight end eight, then? Why don't you go with tight end seven? Uh, just because of the projection machine was just pushed it o- pushed it over the edge, but just barely, just barely. Uh, but I am not just doing this because I'm a truther, a longtime truther. I'm doing this because he is a player who's always been on horrible teams. Now he's on a good team with, I think, the best quarterback in the league. So of all time, book it of all time. Book yes. Well, yeah, I didn't want to go there, but sure. That's my th- that's, I, that's my third hot take. No, as, as far as we're doing, as, as long as we're doing that. Uh, also, just talking about, we always have to talk about price, which is important. He's going in the thirteenth round, so just get him. Right, right. I dig it. I dig it. I really do. Do you? I don't think you do. I mean, I do to an extent. I, I think I I think that people who think that Richard Rogers is a thing are absolutely not. Richard Rogers. I mean, I know I joke about Justin Perillo. I could beat mm-hmm. Richard Rodgers in a 40. I actually, I agree with you on that. Yeah, like, I'm like, I could actually be, like, Justin Perillo has, like, some athletic, Richard Rodgers is slower than my dad, and my dad is in his 60s now, and he's had some knee issues, so that's that's where we're at with Richard Rodgers. He's not good. Yeah. He's not good. Yeah. Uh, all right, my last one shouldn't come as much of a surprise, but it's a it's hot for sure. It's that my boy, Marvin Jones, is going to outscore his teammate Golden Tate. I'm so happy you went ahead and did this. I, I needed to. I, I look. I'm. I'm so. I'm just so 
sick of this Marvin Jones. It, it, look, there's not like open hate, but when people go to draft, there's hate because he gets drafted as like wide receiver 40 in these in these ca- more casual leagues and even like wide receiver 35 in, in, uh, in expert leagues. Look, Marvin Jones, top six in touchdowns per target in the red zone over the last three years behind Julius Thomas, Tyler Eifert, Des Bryant, Allen Robinson, and Rob Gronkowski. Okay, mm. I'm not saying that Marvin Jones is one of – I'm not even saying Marvin Jones is a very, very, very good red zone threat. I'm saying we can't discredit what he might be able to do in the red zone. That's that's the main argument there. Sure. The Lions sure. have been one of the most pass-happy teams in the NFL, maybe aside from New Orleans, over the last five or six years with Matthew Stafford, which means that if, if Marvin Jones sees, sees something like a 20% market share in that offense with Golden Tate seeing like 25%, He's still going to see 120 targets in the offense. Like that's just Matt. That, that that is Matthew Stafford throwing the ball 600 times, which is going to. I mean, that's just what happens in that offense, especially mm-hmm. with Jim Bob Cooter when it's more. It, it's even a, a short, shorter passes and more of a West Coast style. Um, Golden Tate, we know, has never been a, a true number one in an offense. He ranked bottom seven. Just to give you an example, he ranked bottom seven in receiving yards at the catch last year which was basically a running backs uh, average. Uh, mm-hmm. And then four of his six touchdowns last year were from two two yards or fewer out, and mm-hmm. they came on design plays. I, look, mm-hmm. I mean, Golden Tate's going to get his. I get it because they're going to design plays for him to do do work his magic in the red zone. But he's not a traditional red zone threat by any means. He's the opposite of that. Um, I, I think that at the end of the day, Tate is going to see more targets than Marvin Jones. And I do think that it's the smarter bet is that Golden Tate is going to outscore Marvin Jones. But the bold prediction here is that Marvin Jones outscoring that guy, Golden Tate, is because he has a higher touchdown ceiling and he has more big play upside, I think, in that offense. If you look at how Golden Tate's A dot dropped when Jim Bob Cooter became offensive coordinator and they don't have another guy who can play, who can be on the opposite side to be more of an intermediate and deep threat in that offense. And then there's all the reports from like, I mean, I brought up Michael Rothstein before on this podcast, the the Detroit Lions beat writer, who's been banging this drum for four months about how Marvin Jones is the actual number one wide receiver on the Lions, that he is actually the guy and people are discounting it. And I don't know why they're discounting it. So look, Golden Tate, sure. Draft him before Marvin Jones, but don't be surprised if Marvin Jones actually outscores him by the end of the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about the, you know, that 1A, 1B mm-hmm. uh, situation and, and a couple times on the show. Uh, I read that in a scrimmage, I guess the Lions scrimmage the Steelers. Is that right? Yeah, um, yeah, and then they played them. Yeah. Yeah, so they they scrimmaged them and, and they said that, I think thir- uh, I'm sorry, seven of Stafford's first 13 throws went to Marvin Jones. Yeah, yeah. So this is not, I don't think that it's, I mean, it's hot because, you know, I mean, There's it's There's a hot. five round ADP difference. Exactly. It's hot when you consider the marketplace for these two players. One is being treated, you know, like a, like a wide receiver two or even three and the other is considered you know what i mean what is what is tate being drafted as he's like a he's like a high-end two i mean marvin jones to some teams is a low-end three high-end four i mean like that's that's like where it's at and it's it's to me like i get him i I, he's obviously it's not no surprise he's one of my highest owner i I think jason winton's my highest owned mfl 10 guy and then marvin jones is second 
And I mean, the reason for Witten is just strictly value. But mm-hmm. but Marvin Jones, like I draft him now at the five six turn because mm-hmm. it's either him or like you know I'm I, like I would I would take him over Devonte Parker for instance, like I or or, yeah. or Kevin White, which is where those guys go, and Marvin Jones is still sitting there. So I'm 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 all about the Marvin Jones value right now. Uh, so Tate, uh, I I'm surprised to see this. I don't I mean I guess I knew this at some point. But last year in PPR, he was wide receiver 24. Huh. Is that right? I don't know. No, I, I 20, yeah, 20, 23 or 24 here. Did he anyway, miss, did he miss time? I can't even remember. Well, no, it says he played 16, it says 16 games. He only here. had, I mean, he only had six touchdowns. So it's, yeah, it's, he had 121 targets, not 90 catches, and, and six touchdowns. But his, his A dot was five. Point eight. Right, right. He had, he had 830. Yeah, it makes sense that he was ranked that low. I, I, I He had 813 yards. He had a nine yards per reception. Nine. Nine. I don't... That's, wait, how many? He had nine yards. Nine? Nine. 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 <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's the JJ 5000 again. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, Cole Beasley had a little less, you know, a little a smaller A dot. So just to give you an idea. Yeah, yeah. All right, Denny, before we get to the questions, you want to talk about our other sponsor? Yes, absolutely. Our, uh, our other sponsor of this uh, fine episode is FF Draft Prep. I'm going to do that again. FFDraftPrep.com. It's a, a draft dashboard uh, that instead of using, you know, value-based drafting, um, it uses the positional scarcity algorithm that we've discussed on, on previous shows. Um, it looks, it, it's a really cool tool. I've, I've tested it out a little bit here and there. Um, yeah, I mentioned last week that it has a feature that helps you, you know, that might help people deal with, uh, you know, the pressure. I know it sounds funny, but look, some of these drafts, some of these live drafts where you have 60 seconds to make a pick, there is some pressure involved. And the, the tool has a feature called a, um, panic picks table, uh, that looks at tiers that a user has set as well as the ADP from the selected source, uh, it then provides uh, what you know what we call reasonable picks for each position. So, you know, a, a user can quickly just look at their team needs uh, and then grab one of the recommendations from that position. Uh, it, it lets users make a really quick decision uh, that they can feel good about instead of a rushed panicked decision that they're going to lose sleep over because let's face it. I mean, we've, I think we've all come out of a draft and said, I wish I hadn't choked like a dog on that, on that six round pick. I wish I had gone with, with so-and-so over, you know, player B. Uh, so the, the panic picks table is a really, a really cool feature of ffdraftprep.com draft dashboard. Check it out. Word word. All right. Let's uh, get into the questions. Dennis. You ready for this? We got we there was one that is literally my favorite comment that we've ever gotten on this show. And I can't, okay. I can't wait to get to it. This first one at Mr. Tomner, he says, what would be the name of CD Carter 13's cooking show? And then he gives the recommendation of not enough room in the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I would say my the, the name of it would be uh, food is food. Get over yourself. <laughs> that's that's what I would <laughs> oh, man. All right, next one. At Lloyd 3 which quarterback not currently slated to start week one becomes a top streaming option this year? 
Mm. Colin Kaepernick? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, whoever doesn't start for the night. Yeah, let's say Colin Kaepernick. Or or Josh McCown. Oh, yeah, because RG3 is not. Their, their personnel with Josh Gordon is actually really, really amazingly fun. It's so fun. I know. Like, it's so fun. It Gordon, Coleman, Barnage, and Duke. Like, that is so fun. Is it too early to talk about Tony Romo's backup? Oh, my God. Get out of here. All right, ne- next question. Same guy. What do you make of the Titans offense? Enough volume for one of the three receivers to emerge, or is it Delaney's year again? Mm-hmm. I, I, I hate the whole passing attack because of what they want to do, ideally, is run the football. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna mm-hmm. be like a Jeff Fisher type, like like their their pass to run slash volume really might be that low despite the fact that their defense I mean, the Rams defense is, is decent, but despite the fact that the Titans defense might not be that good, uh I still think they're gonna force to run the ball. I I think Tajay Sharp is the only guy that really has like insane upside because I think I, I like I like Rashard Matthews as a player, but I don't see him like be, I see him more as like yeah draft him as a wide receiver five and get wide receiver three output from him, which mm-hmm. to me is not really like I mean whatever I can find wide receiver three output in a given week off the waiver wire, so I'm generally staying away. I don't love Delaney Walker either just because I think he's gonna lose like fifteen to twenty targets this year. Yeah, we. So I think we've talked about yeah. a lot about Walker's likely loss of targets. I mean, I, I like Matthews. I mean, if I have to go with one, yeah, yeah, go Matthews. Next one at the Great Buddha and an auction keeper Miller for three percent or Gurley for eleven percent. Who? Wait, I'm sorry. Was Lamar auction? Miller for three percent, Gurley for eleven oh. percent? He also says that he would only be able to keep Miller this year, but Gurley can be kept next year too. Wow. Oh, that changes it. I was gonna say obviously Miller. I still but... think I'd go Miller. I, I'm such a like even in when I in my dynasty leagues, I'm such like a a one one year window player because I think it's just over like the like it's it, people overrate like the six year yeah. windows and stuff. Like it's just I I would still go with Lamar Miller. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't hate that decision. I mean, it's it's hard because Gurley's so young and everything, but yeah, I go with Miller. Next one at Nick B. 19. Hey, JJ and Denden, what tight end are you targeting this year? Do you guys wait on them as well? Viva LaCorn. Yeah, we, we, we obviously, we wait on tight ends. Uh, I, I think Gates is my favorite one now, not Dwayne mm-hmm. Allen, but Dwayne Allen also is great. I do find Gates kind of irresistible. I mean, they're going so late. These guys are going so late. I think tight end is looking, is, is in flux a little bit because of Gronk's injury and, mm-hmm. A lot of things we talked, you know, Walker's likely um, uh, lack of opportunity compared to last year. Uh, anyway, I I like look, we've talked about Dwayne Allen, obviously Gates, and I like Cook. I'm going Cook. So, uh, this next one at PFE Skeets, he says, along with Denny, I consider myself a hair aficionado. Who is Denny's Mount Rushmore or perfect uh, of perfectly quaffed lettuce? Stay woke. <laughs> I thought I thought a lot about this. I mean, the the, the one the one person that, that jumps out to me as like a god a godlike head of hair really is Elvis Presley. Okay. I, I I mean every damn picture of that guy from his prime, his hair is amazing. You know, look, it's amazing when it's combed, when it's gelled, when it's when it's kind of loose and a little bit in his face. I mean, the the hair is just ridiculous. His he has the hairline of a of a god. It's it's just it's just really quite the thing to behold. I mean, there are 
a lot of, you know, hair situations that I'm impressed by. We talked about Field Yates last week. True. Love Field Yates' hair. Yeah. Still a big, a big fan. Uh, big fan, longtime fan. And in this, in a, in a, in a certain, in a certain way, when Brad Pitt's hair is not terrible, it's great. Okay. And then, and so then you, going, and then you would be the fourth. I would, mean, I would be the fourth. Uh, I want to say this real quick. I saw Matt Damon on the cover of a uh, magazine, like Men's Health or some magazine, and for once, the guy didn't look like garbage. And <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, because I, I think Matt Damon just constantly looks like garbage. He just he looks haggard, tired. He's always wearing the horrendous clothes. His hair always looks terrible. He had his hair done and styled and blow dried. I mean, he's a very good looking guy. I don't know why he insists on looking like a bum all the time. Anyway, let's go to the next question. Well, next question is pretty, is, is sort of similar, similar at swaggy dad runner. What's CD Carter 13's all truther team. I, I, Oh, you know what? I wrote it down. I wrote it down. All right, here we go. So at quarterback for the all truther team, Joe Webb, yeah, that makes sense. That's fair. That's good. And if you and if you think of them crazy, go back and watch preseason 2009 highlights and tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I can't believe I just said that. Yeah, uh, I can't even comment on that. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, David Wilson is at running back, okay. obviously. Yeah. Um, you'll you'll notice a theme here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, wide receiver. Uh, let's put in two guys. Let's put in. The Browns' number one receiver, Terrell, Terrell Pryor. <laughs> God. And let's put in what should be the Packers' number one receiver, Jeff Janis. Okay. And then at tight end, we're going to line up Jared Cook. Yeah, Jared so, Cook's easy. Here's, here's the theme that runs, runs through this team. They're all super ridiculous athletic freaks of the week. Yeah. And I can't resist. Yeah. So there you go. That's a good, that's a good truth or team. Uh, next one at sports guy tweets, what song or artist are you embarrassed to admit that you like? Mm. God. There, well, you were talking, you were tweeting constantly about boy, but you know, I was, I almost said boy, young boy about, uh, <laughs> about backstreet boys. Yeah. Boy, boy, young boy is actually a, uh, a boy band that came out after the backstreet boys. It was a, a spinoff of the backstreet boys. Um, no, look, look. I, the the we we use Slack at Number Fire the communications mm-hmm. program, and we're chatting, and th- like seventy five percent, maybe eighty percent of the Number Fire employees said that they liked the Backstreet Boys more than In Sync, and that is yeah. such garbage, such trash that I had to do something about it, and that that was that was it. I did something about it. I put it on Twitter and had people I- talk about it. My wife is a Backstreet Boys truther for life, oh my so God. she will. I can't. She, I just can't even. Like you, she will not. Justin yeah. Justin Timberlake is is like like the god of our generation. The hell does that even mean? Justin Timberlake. Like, just he is at least he is at least he is at least the Michael Jackson of our generation. Whoa, whoa! Well, I'm I'm dead. I'm, I'm not dead. even I'm wrong. Just... I'm not even wrong. I love Michael Jackson. I love Michael Jackson too. I but love him. He, Justin Timberlake hasn't made music since the second Bush administration. He just came out with a song and it's phenomenal. And you've probably heard it and you probably tap your foot to it and you're sipping, you're sipping your club soda at the bar and, and you don't even realize it's Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, yeah, right. Justin Timberlake is phenomenal. So that's right. that maybe that's my guilty. Maybe that's it is, is Justin Timberlake. 
All right, but this, look, this is the hot take episode, but this is not the blasphemy episode. Oh, so let's on. okay, Jared Cook top seven tight end. No, this is not. Let's let's save that. We should have a blasphemous episode, and we should talk <laughs> oh, about this generation's Michael Jackson, whatever that even. Means. I'm not even wrong. Um, people are people are gonna listen to that. And they're like, oh my god, I'm so angry. Then they're gonna fall asleep at night, and they're gonna be like, wow, that was such a freaking good take. Oh god. Uh, so. I think the one band that I'm embarrassed to say that I I used to love beyond every band. Oh, God, no. Uh, Incubus. Oh, God, Denny. Yeah, man. I was into Incubus. I was like, no, you don't understand, man. Like, they combine, like, rock with, like, a little bit of, like, funk and, like, hip-hop. Like, they have, like, they scratch the record. They're very cool. Very cool. I was, I mean, I was a total tool. But... Here's here's how when they here's how they they drew they drew me in and I couldn't I couldn't say no. The lead singer, I want to say Brandon Boyd is that his name. Anyway, he went he went through a uh, a, a bad Brandon breakup Boyd? and then made an made an, made an album about it called Morningside. So I had just gone through the only breakup of my life, and I listened to that album on repeat for like six months. God. Because it spoke to me, man. It spoke to my pain, and so anyway, that that's that's why I was a big Incubus fan. But then I listen to it now, and it's it's it sounds kind of like kids' music. I don't know. I'm embarrassed. I'm I'm my guilty my guilty pleasure with music is is '90s slow slow jam slow R&B. But that that's not guilty. You just like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like people are gonna look at it. And it's kind of I'm kind of it's kind of guilty. I feel guilt. Yeah, I, you do? I'm sorry. I, I thought you just liked it. I would not. No, I, actually, I was not. I actually. I actually openly love it. I openly love it. I. I, I know you openly love it. This is. This is. I. A, this... I, I. Yeah. I guess the question did say, "Are you embarrassed to admit?" I'm not embarrassed to admit that. All right. Here's what I'm. I'm embarrassed to admit that this morning I listened to an entire Wham album. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Uh, I listened to Wham over Christmas time. Oh man, yes. G- give me that that Christmas song. Yeah, That's last great, Christmas, right? bro. It's so good. Get, can we can we have like a fifteen minute version of that song, please? <laughs> oh, my God, fifteen minutes. That's, that's all I asked for. Uh, next one at Tampa two. Tony says, "Is Lamar Miller worth a first round pick over players like A. Rob, Keenan Allen, and B. Marsh in a PPR league?" I say yes. I think Lamar Miller is phenomenally a great pick this year. You would pick him over those guys. <laughs> in a normal league yes because you can get lamar miller and then probably one of those guys at the turn right okay makes sense yeah. next one uh at bathroom ben <laughs> what, the hell is that? <laughs> what is that handle dude uh what is the point of rostering quarterback defense kicker tight end before the start of week one better to hold upside guys in the preseason yeah if your league allows you to then yes don't you don't have to hold them quarterback and tight end i'm fine with holding Defense and kicker, if you don't have to, you don't have to hold them. Yeah, uh, I did that in the Apex League. I don't have a quarterback, a kicker, or a defense. <laughs> I guess I'll get one eventually. That's smart. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, because with it, now, if we had had that draft a week before the season, I probably wouldn't have done that. Right. But we have a long way to go. So I got Alfred Morris. I got Chris Johnson. Yeah. I got, um, uh, I got Christine Michael. Right. You know, so just, yeah, that's, that's a good move. Uh, next one is at Noah underscore shore or score. He says, what's Denny's take on Oreos? 
I mean, my family loves Oreos so much, so I almost feel bad saying this, but I'm totally grossed out by you're, Oreos. You're, you are out of your mind. You are out of I your look mind. At, I like Chips Ahoy. I like Chips, chips Ahoy, Ahoy a lot. Wait, wait. You mean to tell me you would rather eat the hard Chips Ahoy cookies that you can smack against the table and they wouldn't break over, over? You're talking about the ones that come in this in the stupid little like you slide them out and like you can the, uh, the little the little chocolate chip cookies. Well, yeah, I like those too. But I'm talking about like just regular Chips Ahoy, like regular size cookies. Why don't you like Oreos? I, I, Oreos, you know, they I find them disgusting because I can't. Like once I'm done eating them, you know, I taste them for the next two hours because they're they're stuck in the back, you know, my molars and what? you know, look it, I'm not gonna floss. I refuse to floss, big <laughs> floss. All right, that's fair. Next one at Nevy J says, "Can CD Carter 13 rank Diesel unleaded and premium for my gasoline aroma league?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's I, so good. I have to say that I. I have, and I, JJ and I did not talk about this before the show. I have a little, uh, I feel a little bit bad about that joke about this, this, the huffing gas joke. Uh, well, you didn't say that why. you were huffing gas. You just said that you like the smell of gas. I know, I know, but I know, but I said that I lock it myself oh, in a room right, and I sniff right. it until okay, I pass I got you, out. I got you. And, and I, I mean, at the time I thought it was funny and there was no ill intent, but it is like, that is a problem. Uh, I've, I was told and I read about, uh, among native communities in the country, that that huffing gas is a is a major problem. So I didn't know that, and I'm sorry. I should I should have been much more woke on that topic. Yeah. But uh, uh, you know that was a, that's a good tweet, nonetheless. This is the better tweet, though. This is the greatest tweet that I've seen on Twitter in like a year. Okay, is there a Twitter version of Draft Day Consultants to help CD Carter Thirteen not be so hashtag bad? Oh, I'm dead. Oh. So I, I legitimately died when I saw that. It's such a good tweet. It's like next, so, it's next level stuff. It's it, yeah, it's so it's a draft day consultant's equivalent for the Twitter platform to make your account better. Right, right. I would need I would need like twenty hours of and that. And he's using your company, your business, mm-hmm. to troll you, and that's amazing. So bravo, yeah, I, bravo at a game of throws, bravo. I, Listen, Game of Thrones is in my mentions, dishing it on a daily yeah, basis, and and you know what? It's fine. Get, you know, I it makes it makes me feel alive. Bring it on, Game of Thrones. Uh, next one at Jake Zav. Best strategy during home league draft night: get drunk with friends, or gets or get friends drunk and stay sober. Mm, yes, definitely stay sober You're if everybody's so lame, drunk. Denny. Wait, you are, no, no, you have you have such a you have such a mindset of just destroying people. It's insane. Wait, wait a second. No, wait, 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 wait. So you're oh, no, objectively, look, it's much more fun to get hammered with everybody and make your stupid picks and you know bid up Amir Abdullah as some people do. <laughs> but here's what's more fun: staying somewhat sober while everybody else is making stupid homer picks. And you end up with a dominant team. Okay, stay woke. I'm, I'm going. Look, I'm going. I'm going with that, and I do not apologize. Uh, this next one at Moody Two J JJ. Can you tell me why Coates is outside the top 100? Quit playing games with my heart. Without him on my roster is incomplete. Oh my god. Oh my god. Dear God. Um, outside the top 100, I'm assuming you mean ADP wise. 
Um, it's because his role isn't really defined yet. It could be Darius Hayward Bay that kind of takes on the Martavis role to start the year. Sammy Coates had an atrocious, atrocious oh. first preseason oh. game. So um, that's really the reason why he's, he's there. I, I like him as a high upside guy, though. Don't get me wrong. Next one, at FF Coach Hudson, does late-round QB have more Marvin Jones shares than C.D. Carter 13 has had IPAs in his life? Yes, of course. How many, IP, right? how many IPAs have you had in your life? Uh, a dozen? Yeah, I, I probably have more Marvin Jones yeah. shares. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let me tell you, a dozen is 13 too many. So I'm just... Yeah. Uh, this next one, at underscore rl210 i bought a living the stream t-shirt am i considered a friend of the show or just a truther please advise your friend yeah everyone's a friend yeah it, especially it, a friend if, if you have that t-shirt and you so you should you guys if you own those t-shirts or a t-shirt that you bought from our store send them to us and we'll retweet them and it'll drive more sales to send to no kid hungry there you go. Yeah, it, the this for those of you who don't know, the proceeds, all the proceeds go to No Kid Hungry. Uh, you can look them up on Twitter. I think it's just at No Kid Hungry. Uh, it's a really worthy cause, and I think we need to start pushing those out a little yeah, we more do. because because we fed we fed like five thousand kids so far through doing this. Yeah, so check check out the uh, the shop on LateRoundQuarterback.com or LateRoundQB.com. Uh, next one, at Quake underscore DFS. Is LRQB necessary in quote-unquote soft leagues? I end up with a stacked bench every year due to the value in draft and the waiver wire. Um, I get what he's saying. I, I, I think that you can still go LRQB only because um, like you're, you're still exploiting value and you're still – like if you can trade, that's phenomenal – um, but I get what you're saying. I'm okay with you if you like, but make sure that you're only the only way that you shouldn't go LRQB is if you're getting one of those five quarterbacks we've talked about on this podcast before, which is a Cam, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, and Andrew Luck, because I guarantee you one of those five guys is going to be the QB one this season. And that's really the only way that you can have a significant edge on the rest of your uh, league is if you have that player. Yep. Cool. Uh, next one at fake cousin Josh underscore Josh has Den Den ever used a hammer before? <laughs> what? Um, I have hung posters. <laughs> oh my God. So yes, I'm, I'm leaving it at that. This yep. this next one is at CD's food takes, and the oh, the God. avatar is a picture of a, a a drawn picture of a jar of mayo. It says, I need Den Den's fire food take, the most fire food take ever. Something like he enjoys freeze-dried ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> That's horrific. Also, I, I I like that account, but uh, I don't like mayonnaise. So yeah, but I, maybe don't, I don't get the... I don't, I don't really understand the, the picture. Either. Uh, if it was like corn, maybe I'd understand right. it. Okay, okay. All right, I'm working on something. So wait, the most fire food take ever. Yes, this is this is this um, is like going going to be a moment in podcast history. I can feel it. Oh man! Well now now it's, no, it's say like it. hugely. Uh, is it is it weird? Okay, <laughs> my take would be that if I never had ice cream again in my life, I would be fine with it. Yeah, that's bad take. It's a bad take. You've mentioned ice cream before on the show that that you're not that into it, but that's a bad take. 
I don't like, I, uh, I, I don't really beyond that. I don't really, Oh, you know what I do? I like bubble. I like, I like bubble gum, bubble gum ice cream. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Bubble gum flavored ice cream. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so you don't like ice cream, but if there's, but you will not only eat, but enjoy bubble gum ice cream. So now, I, so now, now I'm dealing with a toddler who's a picky eater. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. Yeah, yeah. Me, me, and Xavier have similar uh, uh, that's tastes. Unbelievable, yeah. unreal. The next one at Brotato Chip Kelly. Do the sports injury predictor percentages impact your evaluations? Mm. No, I don't. I don't really. I look. I think it's a, a cool site. I don't. I just. I don't use them in my evaluations that much. I mean, yeah. I will look I at f- it and maybe like say, "Oh, that I didn't know that he had that kind of injury risk," but nothing major. I yeah, I feel like you're. I don't know. You're under. You're overthinking, undermining yourself. I don't know. It's just something about factoring that in and making that the 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 decisive point in in, in your decision making. It just doesn't make sense yeah. to me. But. Next one at Future Stars NYC. JJ, you emphasize Ty God and Cousins a lot. Yet on number fire, Ty God is ranked ninth and Cousins is twenty first. What gives? I don't. Just so everyone's aware, I don't build the projections at number fire. I, I do have my own model that I have that I use. The number fire projections are phenomenal. They're great. They're built by a very smart guy. Uh, but I don't. They're not. They're not mine personally. Uh, so I will disagree with what number fire says pretty often, just because I have my own way of thinking and my own way of drafting. So just just to be clear with that, that's why I kept that that question there. Cousins twenty first. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Uh, next one at Steinman underscore. Since this this is the take episode, what is the most extreme thing you actually do if Trump becomes president? I mean, he's not. Yeah, he's not. Thank God. Let's just let's just leave it at that. He's not. It's a blowout. But I I mean I I was frightened for a while. Oh, for sure. I went through a, like a two week period where I was pretty frightened. But I, it felt exist. It felt existential. It felt like a like a like a threat from outside you know, of yourself and, and, you know, that you didn't know what to do with, but I mean, I'm not going to leave the country if that's what you're asking. Right. Uh, this next one is at Nikolai Pitre. He says, I'm in a league where a good majority of people listen to the pod. How will that affect your draft strategy? Well, this guy is in the listener league. So I'm assuming that he's talking about that <laughs> league, by the way, we are doing that, uh, next week is, is our, is our draft. And we'll be doing that draft as our episode next week, just so everyone's aware. So, Awesome. Yeah, yes. I'll leave that. I'll, I'll go to the next one at Peter Overzet, who does phenomenal work with, with the fantasy land pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did Denny end up in the pockets of big sleep? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So, so the other day I, I was, I was put off. I wasn't enraged, but I was put off by a Russell Wilson tweet about him saying he's working hard. There's no time for sleep, which is, you know, pretty common to see successful people say they equate this basic biological function with laziness. Mm -hmm. And I was just saying that that's something actually that Donald Trump does all the time saying, you know, he doesn't sleep because he is energetic and he wants to get things done. And so it draws this, you know, it it, it makes this, this horrible example uh, for, for, for people to, to forego sleep 
uh, in an effort to be, I don't know, great or, you know or good or something. Like the majority of highly successful people, if you look at CEOs and such, they get eight hours of sleep a night. They they actually are sleeping a lot. Like, like it's, it's like, I'm not saying I'm successful. I'm just saying I'm part of that group that I want to sleep. I need to sleep a lot. I want to get seven or eight hours every single night. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's critically important. And, and that, but that, you know, that Puritan work ethic that just pervades everything that says that, you know, if you're not working, you're being lazy, it's, uh, it's destructive and harmful and yes, I am being paid by sleep number uh, to say this. So thank you. Thank you, Peter. This next one is from at Grizzly Blair, Matt Blair, who writes for number fire. Uh, JJ, are you going to the Pitt Penn State game? I am not. I wish I was going to Pitt and Penn State are playing each other this year. Dennis. Is, is that something that oh, doesn't stop. happen? Stop. Just no, it did back in the day and they're bringing it back and it's awesome. Oh, uh, and sorry, then he I said, did. Den Den, what's your favorite Hoobastank song? Oh my God, who was staying? What about and what was the the and the reason is you song? Oh my God! Oh yes, that. Do you remember song. in like the MTV Music Awards the one year where they lost the dude lost like couldn't hit the high note and instead of like saying you he just put the mic to the crowd. Do you remember that? That was that was so bad. Yeah, yes, they're, I, they're terrible. I, uh, who was wait was who was staying like? I think. Did they have another song that sounded like Tool for Beginners? Yeah, like, yeah, they're yeah, it's they're 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 bad. Yeah, like Tool for Children. Yeah. Next one at Ryan Burns MN. He said, "If you could pick your starting draft position in a twelve-team PPR and standard snake draft this year, what would it be?" I have my answer. I think it's number one overall. Yeah, I mean, get get uh, Antonio and log out. But I mean, if I if it can't be top three, then I do not want any part of like five, six, seven. Dude. That's all I've gotten in MFL 10s. I'm going to have such a low win rate this year. I'm telling you right now, I will have a low win rate because all of my picks have been five through nine. All of them. Nice, nice reverse jinx there. Yeah, nice. Uh, next one at SKCIH underscore FFEJ. Why do people drink Yingling beer? It's hashtag trash and a step below seltzer water. Hashtag fire. That, wow. Yingling's fine. Yeah, Yingling's fine. It's fine. I would rather, though, look, uh, Yingling, I would rather just drink a, a Bud Light because it's probably got fewer calories and it's just an easier to drink beer. And because you're not, it's not as it's not as heavy on you. Not that Yingling's right. heavy, but I'd rather go on polar opposites where I would go IPA or something or a Bud Light. Right. You're going to go all in or all yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to go in this middle range where like you don't, it's, it's just, it's a, a weird feeling. The Heineken range. Right, right. This last one is from our buddy Tom Everett Scott, who's also in the league, and he says, "Question for the podcast regarding the Living the Stream League: Where do I collect my trophy?" Okay. Th- oh. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Apparently, Tom. By the way, so that's that's the last question. That's the last comment. But by the way, we had some of the most hilarious conversations in the Living the Stream thread about like how we were handling the draft and stuff, and like like who who, who did Tom say he was hanging out with? Oh man, uh, I can't remember, we but figuring, it was it was a really. We were good figuring thing. out if we, you know, there's 14 of us. We we're figuring out if we want to do PPR or non PPR, and then Tom said he was hanging out with these two famous. I got uh, it. Who was? Yeah, go ahead. 
I get it. It said, it said, sorry, because we've been trying to figure out and, and he wasn't responding. So he's, so he responds with, sorry, guys, I've been lunching by the pool at the Beverly Hills Hotel with Ben Affleck and Shirley MacLaine. Shirley says we should go full PPR. <laughs> and then the comment after that, though, was unbelievable, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, Eddie Strait uh, responds with, uh, no surprise that Affleck's a half PPR guy. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So good. So good. All right, Denny, fire take episode is over. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? I'm exhausted. I'll be honest. I, I mean, that, that, that took a lot out of me. Uh, so uh, I need to sleep on my uh, sleep number bed, which you can buy. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually doing that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CDCarter13. Uh, and uh, check out draftdayconsultants.com. We're getting a lot of uh, client requests, and you should sign up today. Sweet. Um, you can find me, JJ Zacharyson, on Twitter at LateRoundQB. Everything going on at numberfire.com. Lots of content constantly. Uh, going to be publishing, I published today an article on stats to know about every NFC team. There's something, a little nugget about players or something for each team. For instance, I already talked about the Carolina Panthers one a little bit. The Green Bay Packers one. There's one where Randall Cobb, little do people know, Randall Cobb averages four more PPR points per game with Jordy Nelson than without Jordy Nelson. What? Yeah. So there's stuff like that that's just important to know entering your drafts. I'm going to have an AFC one hopefully publishing tomorrow. Numberfire.com. Denny, you want to go get some bubblegum milkshakes? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh well actually yes <laughs> God. all right guys thanks for listening we'll catch you next week thank you for listening to live in the stream we hope you enjoyed the internet podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes now it won't take long it's fast for more fantasy football